and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Like scary movies? Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. Chad and Marge face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hey everyone, this is Mark Marble from the Lantern Cast and this is a mini episode. Uh, I could give you a thousand reasons why this episode is coming out now. I'd wanted to release this before, or actually record it before, but as you've noticed, that we've had some really long episodes lately, and those have been planned for a while, especially the Future Lanterns and the movie preview episode and everything like that. So by luck of the draw, from a recording schedule perspective, while this is a little later than I would like to have released this, it kind of fit into the schedule perfect on that level so I could record something quick and do this. So the basic premise of this mini-episode is the asking the question, is Scream the perfect horror franchise, at least as far as it pertains to being positioned to keep the franchise going forward into the future? Is it lined up better than other franchises? So what this, before we, I go into specifics here, let me talk about what this episode is not. It is not a direct review of Scream 5. So there are going to be no specific spoilers about the events of Scream 5 mentioned in this recording. So this isn't a Scream 5 review. It's also not trying to make the case that Scream is absolutely the best horror franchise. Because I don't, not, I'm not going to try to make that case. Nor is it going to be a whole bunch of biased points from the perspective that, oh, Scream is my favorite horror franchise. Because it's not. It's just objectively as I watched Scream 5 and I looked at how what they did in Scream 5, along with what they've done in previous movies, it made me realize that, even though Scream is not my favorite franchise, it might be the best franchise. It might be the perfect franchise for, in the, in the modern horror sense to keep going forward because it, it has successfully positioned itself where it can has always in some instances and now, having adjusted, can avoid the major pitfalls that most horror franchises have today. So that's the basic premise. And this is like, so why Scream stands apart? from the others and what makes it likely to succeed and keep going forward in certain ways where other franchises, they may make new movies and they may do straight up reboots all the time, but they just can't keep the storyline going indefinitely without having to reboot it and try to do some changes. So that's the basic prologue to this. So to me, I think there are two major issues that kind of haunt horror franchises these days. And one is a protagonist problem, which we'll get to in a few minutes. And the first one, I think the major one, is the antagonist problem. Modern horror franchises are dominated by the antagonist. They are dominated by... We live in a world of Halloween has to be Michael Myers, Friday the 13th has to be Jason Voorhees, 
Freddy, Nightmare on Elm Street, Chucky, things like that. Even if that's not how they were originally conceived, that's how these franchises and most horror franchises have become. They've become antagonist heavy, which means if you ever try to do anything different, you always get pushed back and and the odds are it will not succeed. If you try to change the look of the antagonist, you're going to get pushed back and it might not succeed. If you change the way an antagonist moves and if it's a character who talks, how they talk, you get a different actor in some instances like Freddy with Robert England. It's going to be hard to imagine Freddy's will ever be that franchise will ever be as popular or could be again because everybody sees Robert England as Freddy. So it's possible, but it's very unlikely you're ever going to have another actor who people will be convinced, okay, that was pretty good, even opening the door to continue onward. To a lesser extent, you've had that with Kane Hodder as Jason, because there certainly was a lot of pushback when Freddy vs. Jason was being made when the studio decided to replace Kane Hodder. And I think some of that was, those, those bad feelings were assuaged because Ken Kersinger did a really good job as Jason in that movie. But it's just the idea that everybody envisioned during that pre-production hell that if we ever got a Freddy vs. Jason, it would be a Kane Hodder versus Robert England movie too. So you have that kind of like it kind of like bottlenecks you. It kind of it keeps franchises. They have to keep doing the same thing. They have to keep having the, the you know the antagonist look, act, behave the same way, be the same character. Can't just be somebody wearing a hockey mask has to be Jason Voorhees. Can't be somebody just wearing a white mask. It has to be Michael Myers. So that's a limiting to a certain extent. And it's also hard to be, even if you wanted to be creative, it limits you. You see that in a different level with one of my favorite horror franchises, which I've talked about before, Saw. Saw is a beautiful example. They had a good premise and they had a very likable actor considering the the character that he's playing and a cool character in, in Jigsaw. And John Kramer, but the reality is, and though they killed him on purpose, not like what happened with Friday the 13th, the final chapter, when Paramount really legitimately, ever so briefly, wanted to wipe their hands completely clean of the slasher genre in that franchise, and then they decided, okay, now we got to try to continue without Jason, but at least Jason's gone, so we solved that problem, but no, they didn't. They ended up, you know, one bad, one poorly received sequel, though it made a lot of money, later, and then... You had to go back to the drawing board and figure out a way to bring Jason back as the killer. But in Saw, they knew what they were doing when they killed John Kramer off, though I think even now they've acknowledged that they probably killed, which is a Captain Obvious statement to make, that they've killed, they did kill John Kramer off way too soon. They should have kept him going and not being forced to tell these stories in flashbacks and, and retcons and things like that, though it worked very well. But they are, their hands were tied, and the two real attempts they've made post of uh, the regular Saw run, which was Saw 1 through Final Chapter, the two times so far that they tried to come up with a, a successor to Jigsaw, one like a lineal successor in the movie Jigsaw, and one just like tangentially related in Spiral, up to now they haven't succeeded. Now I think we probably will see both the killers from those movies again because they all exist in the same world. So it's not like any of those movies was a reboot and the other movies didn't take place. So it's very possible, I think, there's going to be a crossover of these characters and other... But the point is that Saw has a problem, and it's a John Kramer problem they've never been able to resolve, because John Kramer is who people care about. 
maybe if they didn't kill Amanda off and they had said they continued on, they saw one, saw two plot, and Amanda was a bit different character than she ended up being, maybe. But you see, that's that's the that is the antagonist problem. Now, Scream avoided that very aptly or appropriately, depthly. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to to phrase it. They did it very very well from the first sequel on because they established right off the bat. Well, the killer's going to look the same. It's going to have the white ghost face mask. It's going to have the black cloak. The voice is going to sound the same because of... And they've already worked that into the plot with voice modulators and apps and modern movies. But the killer's always going to be different. There's never been... They all have ties in some levels to different characters that have existed before in the franchise. But there's never been a a carryover killer in any of the movies. So whether the movie has one killer or two killers, every single movie has a different killer. And that's part of what you accept in Scream. You know that's going to happen. Part of the, I guess, the fun of Scream is figuring it out, trying to guess who the killer or killers are as the movie plays out. So they established really early that you are not going to have the same antagonist problem because you always go into a Scream movie knowing you're going to have different killers. And they don't have to necessarily slash the same way or be the same height or, or the same build. They just have a generic look which is also explained, if you want to look at it from this perspective, in the in-movie universe because of the Stab franchise, which is the offshoot of the real events in Woodsboro that exist in the Scream movies. You you always have a reason to have characters that t- technically look like, like Ghostface, even in the, the, the real world of, of Scream, in its own world. So they avoided that problem right from the very beginning. Nobody expects it to be the same killer. Eventually, they'll run into a problem when I think Roger L. Jackson can't do the voice anymore unless they kind of pay him a gazillion bucks to record the dictionary at some point so they have him saying literally every word known to man so they can splice together dialogue if need be. But the reality is they don't have those same problems from the antagonist perspective. The protagonist problem also exists in horror movies. And you see Halloween is the best example because Halloween has both of those problems. It had the Michael Myers issue. But it also had the protagonist issue because they've really been hard-pressed to ever shake Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. They did it a little bit for a while successfully with uh, Daniel Harris as Jamie. They did that successfully. But the ghost, if you will, of Laurie Strode has always haunted the franchise in a positive way, but it's also tied it down. So that's why you've had Laurie... Laurie and Jamie Lee Curtis's version of Laurie appearing in Halloween 1, Halloween 2, H2O, Resurrection. Now this trilogy of sequels, the the Gordon Green and um, Danny McBride trilogy. So of all the Halloween movies, I mean, she's been a, they keep going back to the well with Jamie Lee Curtis. We've had that in, in, to a lesser extent in other horror franchises like Hot Lake, uh, Friday the 13th. Other than Tommy, you really haven't had any rollover characters uh, playing major roles in sequel and following up movies. You've had a Nightmare on Elm Street, to be fair. You did you did have that, and you certainly have had it even in in Saw. You've had characters come back who survived and all and play into the mythology. But sometimes the whole idea of continuing on with this with the survivor story that gets in the way. It isn't as prevalent as the prota- as the antagonist problem. But it is prevalent at times in certain, in the horror genre, in certain franchises in the horror genre. Now you look at Scream, once again, you can make a case that for the first four Scream movies, they were on a similar path with Sydney. 
But they always had a story to tell with Sydney, and Sydney was, and everything always revolved around Sydney. It's not like they had to bring her back and figure out a force her into it. You can make a case, maybe Scream Four, though. I I really like Scream Four, though. I have to admit, Scream Four is highly rewatchable from my perspective. I really enjoy Scream Four, and I enjoyed Scream Five. But Scream Four, you can make a case, maybe was a little contrived, but still, in the world that it existed in, there was a there was a logical reason why. So they had to get Sydney back into the game. But now you get to Scream 5. I think, personally, Scream 5, they position themselves now. That if they wanted to do a Scream movie, based on what they established in, in this last one, with the ties to the original franchise, with potentially two, one, or, one or two new final girls, they could go in either direction, depending on how they wanted to do this. A bunch of surviving characters had, you know, to roll over into the, to the next movie. If they chose to not in any way, shape, or form have any appearances by Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, or David Arquette, I think Scream could succeed now. I think they set themselves up in position where they could do that. And I think they kind of, they, they crossed that bridge, which is so critical, Almost, which most franchises can't, can't do. It's like, right, like Halloween right now, yeah, people are happy right now, but, well, relatively happy. A lot of people, including myself, have a lot of issues with the first two of the, you know, the David Gordon Green movies. But once th- this is wrapped up and wh- wherever they go with it next, which, whenever they try to do the next Michael Myers movie, which you know they will at some point, you're probably going to be back in the same boat again. You're not going to, you're not going to probably remake the original, which means you're still stuck with, you kind of fall into the antagonist issue. But you're never going to make a movie as good as the original Halloween. So, so where do you go? I see that that's that's an issue. But Scream, I think, has been able to succeed where, again, where I wish Saw had been able to, since I love it so much. But Saw keeps trying, and they keep struggling to come to come up with a... It's like they had a cool idea, and maybe they thought the cool idea that they had at the end of the day, it wasn't critical that John Kramer was the one doing it. Especially if we tie these characters to John Kramer, people will just accept moving on and having the new character do, you know, do the killing. Or, you know... Having them being doing the moral challenges that John Kramer would pe- put people through, but that hasn't worked so far. Scream, how I think Scream has succeeded. I think Scream has succeeded. Scream Four was the first step in that direction, introducing a lot of new cast members. I think they made a mistake in offing most of them, but apparently not all of them, based on a little snippet that people picked up on, on in in Scream Five, which hopefully will pay dividends down the road. But I think the big mistake they did in Scream 5, I mean 4, was killing off so many of the new characters they introduced. But Scream 5 had a lot of interesting characters with ties, most of which all had ties to the originals, and a huge percentage of them survived, so you could continue on. And you have the ties, which were important to the original franchises, and the, and the, hit, the original franchise, and the original movies, and the events thereof. But you have created characters that are interesting enough, and the, but they're not beholden to what's come before. So I think that's really the difference between with Scream. Again, the idea is not that Scream is, oh, it's the best horror franchise, or it doesn't have a bad movie in the series. And it's like, because honestly, I think Scream 1 and 4, not counting 5, 5 would pro- will probably be in that group too. But the, of the ones that are available to watch, let's say on demand somewhere right now or to stream, I think 1 and 4 are the most rewatchable. 2 and 3 have their moments, but I think, but they're okay. I think I think three and 
four, especially four was an interesting reflection. And that's the other thing about Scream. I didn't really mention it, but but with Scream, it's always a it always is a, making a statement on the genre itself, which is why Scream also has the ability to take five years off, six years off, ten years off, and then come back and make a statement about not just where the horror genre is, but where society is. And I think that's something that is built into the nature of Scream, the DNA of Scream, that sets it off and makes it unique from any from any other franchise going to. They can take time off. And they don't, they don't have to force a sequel to make a sequel if they don't have an idea or a story to tell. They can just wait until something changes. You know, you have the uh, Scream 4, again, really focused a, li- a lot on that, about the change in, the change in horror and focusing in on, you know, the, you know the, stream, the streaming and almost like, to a lesser extent, like found footage, but also how everything was being streamed live. And that was even, and that movie was like 10 years ago, so you imagine just how how much things have changed just in the last 10 years with social media and everything being so prevalent and in your face all the time. So, yeah, I think I think Scream, even though it's not my favorite horror franchise, I think Scream is very well positioned to go forward, and they can survive either by choice or by the inevitable laws of nature, which means at some point all of the, all of the surviving actors and surviving characters from the original Scream movie will not be physically able to do these movies and or be deceased, which means you're seriously not physically able to do those roles again, that they are in position either when it comes for that reason or just by choice that they don't need to continue on and have maybe as a cameo, maybe as a phone, you know, like a phone call or advice, things like that. You don't need these characters to be as important. And even in this and even in Scream 5, they gave you that transition. Scream 5, not just plot wise, but the way but the way the screen time was divvied up. The returning characters served a role. It was important based on the plot and the ties to the original. And it sets things nicely going forward. So I would recommend, if you haven't seen Scream 5, I would recommend seeing it when, when, when you can. Especially if you've, liked, if you've liked the other ones. Or even if you just like some of the other ones. I think it's worth, it's worth checking out. I believe that's pretty much all the major beats I wanted to hit on this. If you've seen Scream 5, let me know what you think. If you agree, disagree on if Scream is very well positioned to go forward or if you think that it's still going to, no matter what, it's going to fall into the same trap or pitfalls that other horror franchises do, even if it's by their own creation. But they, they have a, like they get handed the baton and then they, 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 end up, they drop it themselves by trying to do something they shouldn't do. But that's it. Wanted to make this succinct. Looked like I succeeded. If you'd like to contact us, 708-LANTERN to text or voicemail us, lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast.com. I think that will be, that's enough of a of a wrap-up for tonight. Uh, I believe Preview, Chad and I, I think, are going to be doing more DC versus Vampires next week, mostly because we don't have anything else to do that interests us right now, and it's a quick, easy fix. So I think we're going to be doing the next couple of issues of that in next week's episode. So that's it for now. This is Mark Marble saying goodnight, and we will catch you soon on the Lantern Cast. Good night, everybody.